Welcome to the Builders Podcast, episode 143, Colin Sandberg, From Red to Black, The Importance of Financial Literacy. Before we jump into this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, hit that notification bell if you're on YouTube, and after a listen, please give us a thumbs up, like, and share, if we've earned it. With your help, we can reach more people and deliver these valuable From the Trenches lessons to those that need it. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another The Builders. Today, we are joined by Colin Sandberg. Welcome to the show, Colin. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate you having me. So Colin is the founder of Fin Elevate which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about today, and an MBA-led strategic accounting service. Uh, he has run multiple businesses, and um, so we'll, we'll have a lot to talk about, which is good. I mean, it's good to have business people on that have multiple businesses because you have a lot of experience and probably have gone through a lot of challenges, and that's what we like to dig into here. Um, the first thing we do, though, Especially when we have you on for the first time, is we like to talk, learn a little bit about you, your origin story, uh, what what made you into the awesome person you are today, uh, doing the things you're doing, helping others, and um, what you know, why entrepreneurship, uh, who influenced you, and all that good stuff. So I'll hand it over to you if you want to talk to that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my entrepreneur story is is kind of interesting. I actually first uh, came across a magazine, believe it or not. Um, it was an old ink magazine um, back when I used to really follow that and love it. And uh, it, it had a, an interesting story about a guy who basically, long story short, um, ended up buying some of his own debt. So he had been in business, he struggled, he thought he failed, and he became basically a debt collector but he was a debt collector with a heart. It was kind of an interesting story, but the, the, the part that really caught my eye was that he, on the second or third round of him going down to the county courthouse and buying debt and, and actually sitting down with people and helping them, not being like the you know crazy call you up and harass you type of guy. Right, right. Um, he actually came across his own debt from his prior business. And it was this like thunderbolt moment in my life where it became clear as somebody who felt like, I hadn't always had control of my own destiny. You know, here was an example of a guy through small business that really controlled his own destiny. And that was so compelling to me that I immediately knew like in that moment, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. This is, this is what I'm supposed to do. And at the time I didn't know anything about entrepreneurship, uh, but I had one family member who had their own business. Mm -hmm. um, I've since come to the realization, most of us in small business, almost everyone uh, to a person has some proximity to another small business. And that's part of how they end up in that space, right? You see someone do it and you realize this is real. I can actually do this. Um, so for me, that was that moment. And I basically went to a small family business, uh, thought I'd be there for about a year, get to see behind the curtain, how the whole thing worked. And then I would go out and, you know, set my own, my own path. And right. 21 years later, I still own that business. <laughs> no kidding. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, my year turned into now going on, you know, 22, uh, almost as far as, uh, from when I started in that business, but I started as an employee, uh, lowest paid person on the team and really just kind of fell in love with small business. 
And uh, as I did, I we were a, a really struggling small business. I basically was found myself in a turnaround project for my very first business. And so I always kind of joke that most of the things I learned were from how to do it the wrong way, more so mm. than how to do it the right way. Um, and over time and, and throughout, you know, many years of kind of grinding it out, I, I figured out and solved a lot of those challenges. Many of them were financial. And so that's where my original love of the business finance side came from was, you know, we were a traditional small business. We had a founder who was a very visionary type of person. They loved being in front of the, the customers. They loved talking about the products. They had a real passion for that. And anytime the numbers came up, it was like they were allergic to it, you know? Mm, yeah. And so uh, coming to that realization that, you know, the finances were always going to hold back our business, that became a passion of mine to dig in and figure out, like, how can I understand this business financially? How can I help this business make better decisions? And that really ended up ultimately shaping my entire career. Wow. Yeah, like numbers is really foundational to every business. So if you don't get that part of it right or you ignore them, or don't want to yeah, don't want to deal with them. That's not a good thing. Absolutely. <laughs> and I was always, you know, I was not a a traditional good student in school, right? I was kind of that yeah. a, a lot of classic entrepreneurship uh, vibes apparently going on even back in high school for me, which was, you know, very bored, disengaged, that sort of thing. But man, when they would have those standardized tests come out and it was, you know, something around basically numbers and number logic, like I always stepped up. That was my time to shine. That was just no kind of how my brain worked. So yeah. yeah, finding that in business that, you know, people always joke like, where am I going to use this algebra? Well, you use percentages, you use decimals, you use, right, uh, multiplying, yeah. dividing, addition, subtraction every day in business. And so that was very appealing to me. Yeah. And like I said, you, I guess you have to have a bit of mind, a mind for it. Like every, every entrepreneur comes from different background. Everyone's got different personalities yep. and strengths and weaknesses and um, but the financial side, even when I look at my business, like, you know, understanding, you know, having routines and everything built around, um, looking at my numbers, understanding my numbers and being able to predict. And, um, especially when you got a team and you got a lot of projects and all this stuff going on and, and people aren't paying you what? Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was, you were supposed to pay me last week. Um, but uh, but understanding all that, yeah, it's that's uh, critical, foundational. Um, gonna gonna wonder how many businesses failed just because of that. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, so so this first business, what what were you selling? Where what what is this business you so, have now today? Yeah, so that business is uh, my original manufacturing business. It's actually uh, does airport conveyors. So like what you've claimed your bag wow. off of at the airport. Yep. We make yeah. all the parts for those and, and sell them across the country. So it was kind oh, of, I never a, thought I'd meet somebody like you. Yeah. It's that it's totally <laughs> that business that everyone knows what we're talking about, but no one has ever thought about, uh, at all until you meet somebody like me. And next time you're checking your bag, yeah. you'll go, man, I had that right. guy on the podcast. He was, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. He never, never knew you needed to meet that guy. Like yep. there was somebody that, yeah, there's how many things in your life, like exactly. you just take for granted or you just, yep. you know, you've always dealt with and, but somebody is behind that. Somebody made that or innovated or did something. So, yep. so what, so you took over this business. So you said, you know, a lot of the issues were financial, like yep. what specifically, what were, 
they dealing with? Yeah. So I always joke, you know, if, if there are 10 things that could kill a business, we were doing like nine out of 10 of them when I started. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. Oh, oh. Um, and so, yeah. you know, we had every different financial challenge you can imagine. We didn't have enough money in the bank uh, for payroll coming up. Our receivables were, were pretty limited and, and very hard to collect. We had a ton of, of amount due to vendors uh, that we obviously, due to our bank account and the lack of receivables coming in, were going to be incredibly hard to pay. Yeah. Um, we had a line of credit that we basically couldn't get to move. Uh, in other words, we just we had it maxed out and we couldn't figure out how to pay it off. Yeah. We had, I mean, we had, yeah, six figures worth of inventory that we basically couldn't, um, you know, couldn't move. It was inventory that was kind of a field of dreams inventory, I call it, you know, like if, if you build it, somebody will come buy it. Oh, right. It doesn't always work that no. way. Um, oh, and so, yeah, we got a we good just, deal. We got a bulk deal it, on all this. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. It, it was amazing. Uh, and, and ultimately ended wow. up selling it for literally pennies on the dollar. I mean, scrapped oh my goodness. Uh, the inventory, scrapped it for the metal value, which was pretty, pretty hard pill to swallow. But yeah. yeah, I mean, we had all of those challenges, but interestingly, the, is that we didn't make money. And so if you really get down to it is that, you know, I don't care where you're starting. If you're not making money, you're going to eventually hit the bottom. And if you're making money, you can, if you can buy enough time, you will eventually climb out of any hole. And so that was mm. really the hard fought lesson that I, I learned early in my career is, and, and so as I took over the company, I mean, this is back in the day, we had the manila folders. Now we were a little old school. We didn't need to have the manila folders, but we had other, <laughs> we had other fish to fry. So I wasn't worried about the manila folders right, right. at that point, but we would literally, I would have our team bring in every quote we were doing, every order we were doing. And I mean, we, we just fought tooth and nail for margin. I mean, every mm -hmm. product, how can we buy it cheaper? How can we make it ourselves? How can we, you know, how can we get the, the vendor to stock it instead of us stock it? I mean, we just, if there was yeah. a, a way to kind of cut a corner or eke out a little bit more margin, we were doing it. And, and that lasted for years. I mean, to climb out of the hole I was just describing. Um, so that mode that we had to go into, unfortunately, was a very long, painful road. But as I went through it, it, it shaped you know, it changed my mind, right? It shaped how I think about business and my appreciation for not getting in that hole in the first place, obviously. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. If you, well, but that made you, you know, that challenge made you more efficient and you, yeah. you learned a lot from it. So, I mean, yeah, bad things can happen, but at the, at the end of the day or down the road, you know, you learn those lessons and now you're a better business person for it. Absolutely. Um, but we hate to go through those lessons. They're rough at the time. Uh, but, uh, well, it's interesting though. You, you know, I, I see parallels now you're, this is manufacturing, right? And then I run an agency, but there's so many parallels, you know, with, that's why I love doing this podcast. Cause I talk to so many different types of people, but there's, there's, there's commonality between all our businesses and what we deal with. We all have to deal with accounting. We all have to deal with yep. margins. We all have to deal with, um, you know, paying the bills and, not racking up too much debt <laughs> or being able to actually pay it. I mean, racking up some debt, but you should be able to pay it. Um, and finding ourselves in holes and situations, um, you know, there's, um, you know, there's times where, you know, in my business, even for the team, it's like, well, I have, you have, let's say you're, you know, in a financial situation where you didn't make as much or you're, for whatever your, your business is dipping a little bit. And okay. So what are my levers that I can 
I can use to uh, ride this out? Uh, do I have to let somebody go? Do I go out and pound the pavement and, and get more sales? You know, who can I call? You know, um, and or, you know, what? let's look at all our expenses. What don't we need? What can we live without for a while? There's a lot of those decisions that happen, right? Absolutely. Or could happen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you have, so, okay. So you got through, what was the biggest, like out of all those financial things, um, you know, what do you think, what made the biggest impact, um, and started, you started to see a turnaround, like, like you were, was it just, you mentioned margin and going out and trying to get things cheaper. Um, it was that the biggest impact or did you have to focus more on marketing and, and just getting the sales and, and paying more attention to the quotes and whatever you had going on? Yeah, I'll tell you, actually, interestingly, the most important element uh, that we addressed at the time was what we were selling. So we were in that traditional small business mode of like anything, you know, a customer's willing to buy, we're willing to sell it. We're trying to be everything to everyone. Oh, right. And the reality, right, we didn't have a niche. And so mm. when I took over the business, um, that was really my first order of business was saying, hey, this, this thing we've previously been doing that was 70% of our revenue, we're not going to do it anymore. And that was a really radical thing to do. You know, I was 26 oh. years old at the time, and uh, but <laughs> I had done guy? the math. You know, yeah. I, I knew the math and the math said that we had one small division that was only 30% of our revenue, but it made money. And the company as a whole lost money or broke even at best. And oh, so when you look at it, it's like, well, the 70% just by logic has to be losing a significant amount of money. And so we basically went into kind of grind it out mode on this smaller portion of our business, but it was unique in the market. And so I saw the alignment of, it was our financial engine. It was a, a unique offering that we could actually specialize in and be the best at. And so we kind of combined the, that thought process and just said, look, we're going to sell as much of this as we possibly can. And so, yeah, to your point, it was a little bit on all fronts of, you know, obviously the savings and the better margin and, and buying smarter. And, and I like to tell people, I mean, for, uh, I ran that company for, you know, 12 years in, in the original location and we didn't buy a single piece of office furniture. We didn't buy a chair. I mean, we okay. didn't anything. Yeah. And once we finally came out all the way out of that hole and we were really in growth mode and ready to invest and ready to, 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 we moved and, and things looked up, but I mean, it was, uh, it was a, it was a, a walk through the desert, uh, for a long period of time. But as we went through it, we basically reached out to every potential customer who might need, and really the, so the niche was the parts business. So when you go to the airport and you, you check your luggage and you go to collect, uh, in the, in the bag claim, you know, you can make that entire system or you can make just the underlying parts that need to be replaced. And the reality sure. is there are big companies that want to make the entire system mm. and the entire system means project management, project engineering. I mean, the list goes, Hey, I put some wheels in a box and I shipped them to your airport and I know the wheels will fit. And I give you all the support and love in the world on how to put them in, do it efficiently, you know, keep your airport up and running. That was a niche that was underserved. But there were other competitors, and just like any construction business, you end up basically being in a in a low bid scenario to win the new systems. Uh, you yeah. can't win in a low bid business. Just so. Holy cow! That is a that is a, another powerful lesson. There, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I just 
niching down, like, you know, how many businesses are out there that are struggling with, you know, uh, you know, with everything financially or whatever. Yep. And yeah, just stepping back and like you did and being able to look at those numbers and to identify that part of your business that is profitable and then, and, and has maybe a, a differentiator or, or, you know, something that can really, uh, that you can lean into. You can actually market. You can actually yep. specialize in that and do, do really good at that and become an expert. That's awesome. And that, but I mean, it's got to be painful though to get rid of that other 70%. It you know? was very painful. Um, yeah. And again, my, my first act as, as CEO, unfortunately, uh, involved laying a, a few people off. You know, that was, yeah. that was a really, really tough pill to swallow. And, and I had sleepless nights and, you know, it was, it was tough. But I, I also had to be really honest with them as well as the people who stayed that look this is this is what it's going to take to make a healthy business and well right i mean it's either i think that they all saw gonna... it you know you yeah. kind of the business was a bit of a zombie at that at that point you know people, yeah. people kind of saw it as as the walking dead instead of you know instead of something that had a great future and so you know we lost a few other good people along the along that journey right through the desert mm -hmm. of of just basically having to grind it out in fact i even had one person come back a few years later who left for another job in the industry he came back and said man you were right and of course by then things had turned and and it started to look like it was a good plan all along but yeah. it didn't mean it was always pretty for sure that's something i admire about ceos that come in and take over a business and that I, I recently had, there was, um, it's not an agency. It's, uh, uh, they're like a coaching company and, um, they had a new CEO show up and, um, had, and, and we maintained their sites and stuff. So we had a maintenance contract with them, a sizable one. And, um, so of course I had, a, he had to talk to me, <laughs> you know, and, and I can imagine him coming in cause I've seen others do it too coming in and assessing everything and uh, making sure, you know, where are all the costs and do we really need this person? And, but that's, that's a painful process. And that is he's kind of the hero coming in or she is kind of the hero coming in to, to uh, turn the ship around. But in the process, there's a lot of, a lot of cuts and things that can happen, but uh, yeah. Wow. So you've been you've been doing that for how many years now? You've had it for twenty some years. Yeah, and you're so still going I, strong. I had been in the business for about five years when I officially took it over to CEO, um, and so yeah, that's been a while ago, <laughs> seventeen <laughs> eighteen years. So a, a handful yeah. of years ago, I actually hired a guy. Originally came in as COO. Now he's CEO of that company, and so. Uh, oh, nice. I, I'm still uh, the majority owner, but yeah, he's my partner in that business and he's doing really yeah. well running it. And... So, so was that kind of, um, when did you decide to start? Was that always the plan? You were going to run this business, get in a good place and then step away um, yeah, eventually? I, I, to... I definitely always had that vision that I was going to evolve beyond and do other things um, that, you know, business wasn't my passion. I'm not like a, I don't wake up in the morning and I'm not like a conveyor guy. Um, gotcha. But you know, at the same time, I, I obviously that was being my first business. It was critically important that it continue to be successful. And so I looked at, you know, what are my options here? I can either sell this business, I can continue to run it. 
as the primary, you know, person in the business and the CEO, or I can find somebody kind of the third option, right? Find somebody else outside of the equation who can come in and really add something new to the business. So the guy that I hired, mechanical engineer, um, mm. had a technical sales background. He was kind of the perfect person to take it to the next level that were outside of the the skill set that I had. And, and that really allowed me to pivot into being an investor and get into my second business, uh, another manufacturing company actually in the uh, custom cabinet space. So we do oh. cabinets, yeah, for residential uh, new home construction here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, bringing somebody in with uh, that can, you know, you know, that brings in new skill sets and knowledge and... Yep. Uh, that's fantastic. But still, you still being able to be a part of that business, but now you're, you know, you're free to go do other things. And um, I love that. So, so then you, you do this other, how many businesses you have now? Yeah, I'm losing track myself. Uh, so there are a couple of real estate deals, but mainly four operating companies that go to market with their own clients. Um, and the fourth one being my new startup. And, and so we bought a uh, second business in the airport space after the residential cabinet business. And, and that one, I'm, I was never more than an investor. I've got my partner in that business who's the CEO of it. He's third generation in that business um, doing uh, custom cabinets. And then we, again, bought a second business, like I said, in the airport space that um, when you check your bag, so you, they put it on the conveyor, it goes through the, the door in the wall, which has the flaps that hang down, the black flaps. Yeah. So that door, we sell those doors now. Um, that's kind of the second, <laughs> another really, another really piece. random thing, but it interacts yeah. with the conveyor, uh, you know, that we already sell. And so it's got yeah. a similar, similar industry, but uh, this new startup that I'm working on. And interestingly, it was trying to solve my own problem. So again, I always had that uh, financial focus always looked at business through that lens. And so as I stepped out of a business and, and wanted to let the CEO run it, but also support them, it was the logical way to help out, which was, Hey, I can help with the financial piece of the business, you know, help, uh, with a perspective on how to look at it. And then obviously advise them as, as a, a longtime CEO myself and someone who had the experience, uh, and knew what it took to, to make the business work. So that kind of spawned, that was the beginning of the idea that eventually became my, my strategic accounting company. I think it's, um, it's interesting, you know, um, you know, you have, you're helping people from an accounting perspective, finances, but you've been there, done that. You've been the CEO, yep. you've been that, you know, uh, in that space and done all this stuff overcame challenges, done all the things the CEO has to deal with. I always find that interesting, you know, um, again, I could run a parallel to like myself, you know, running my agency, we're a web design development agency. Yep. This is what we do. We specialize within that. But, um, but my background, having run other businesses in the past and have done a lot of marketing. Um, when I, you know, have partners, strategic partners, other agencies, digital marketing agencies, or direct clients with marketing departments. I have that marketing background. I have that knowledge um, beyond just building a website, and making it look pretty. I understand the underlying, you know, what we're in business, you know, what are we, what are our goals? What are, um, you know, we care about leads. We care about conversions. How are we going to do that? You know, the user experience, all that stuff, you know, and so in the same way, in the same way, I would imagine that all that business experience helps you 
communicate better with the people you're helping, right? And you understanding their yeah. problems more, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and and so that's why you know um, we say that we're founded by MBAs, not CPAs. So mm. strategic accounting, it just kind of sounds a little bit uh, vague. What it really means is we're in the businesses, we're helping them do the day-to-day -day bookkeeping. But more importantly, I always say that's kind of the need. The want is more transparency to their numbers, somebody to help you know, analyze the numbers. And, and that doesn't have to be a super complicated thing. So I think this, the, what's happened in the world and part of why I ended up starting this business is that the, it's in, almost impossible to get value out of the day-to-day -day bookkeeping because it's really just categorizing expenses. Do we put everything in the right place? And so the high value version of that is we closed your month really quickly. It's like, okay, awesome. You know, thank you. Um, <laughs> that's like, you know, the best organized closet. Like, thank you. That's it's cool, but it's not really going to add value in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done is, is also realize that the other end of that spectrum is this like fractional CFO type of concept. The problem there is that they're just going to hit you with a, a playbook, a complex plan. Maybe they're going to coach you on, here's some big picture uh, ideas that you can do, but they're not going to help you implement them in the same way mm. that your day-to-day -day person could if they were empowered. And so we've kind of bridged that gap. And I always say, you know, not CPAs, and it's not to knock CPAs. CPAs are great, but... The reality is we don't speak CPA language, right? Uh, the most of us as business owners, we're just down to earth people, right? We're either making yeah. money or we're not. We're either worried about our cash or we're not. I mean, we, we need analysis and help that's built in the language that we speak. And that's really what we designed Finelevate to be. I, I, wow. That's, yeah, that's really, um, you know, you think about all the people that are in business and you know, we all get into business for different reasons and have different backgrounds or knowledge or education or no education. We just love what we do and we just dive in and, um, and then somebody brings up the word accounting and yeah, and, run for the hills. And reports and yep. like numbers and like, why I don't, I don't, I, you know, nothing about it. It's scary. Yep. And you don't even know, like, you know, should I be, how often should I be doing this, you know, and what should I be looking at specifically? It's like, again, let's run another parallel. Like if you think about, um, you know, Google Analytics, you know, for your websites and or SEO and all that stuff, there's nine zillion things you could be looking at. And, but there's only a handful of things that really uh, help you make decisions and, or give you a, a good picture of where you're at or where you're headed and stuff. Yeah. And that's probably a big part of it, right? I mean, there's a lot of, do you find that it's, do you, I mean, you're, you're, I like that you're not speaking the speak of you know, CPAs or whatever, that you're not coming in with the technical language. You're really trying to just talk to them, um, you know, and, in everyday voice yep. talking about things in a simple way. Yep. Um, to help them understand what they need and and they're, they're more receptive to that i suppose yeah. yeah absolutely so we when i started down this path it was really with that question how do we add value right and again yeah. the day-to-day -day piece is really important because that's the kind of the delivery mechanism of how we actually make change so just like i talked about with turning around my original business you know fixing your ar is not a silver bullet 
one-time solution. It is really, it's a day-to-day grind of making sure that you're on top of, of customers or clients, making sure that you're you know, forward with them about what the expectations are, that you're following up very uh, you know, proficiently with all the reminders and that sort of thing. And so it doesn't, it doesn't get solved one day and then go away forever. And so that's why to me, it's not a plan problem, it's an execution problem. So the day-to-day is really important for helping actually solve that problem long-term. Um, and so when I went down this journey of trying to figure out like how Fin Elevate would add value, what we came up with is that you know most business owners have one of four goals, almost, almost without fail. They have one of the same four goals. They either want to grow their business, they want to become more profitable, they want to have better cash flow, or they want to get their business ready to exit. And whatever that means for them, it could be hire someone like what I did. It could be sell your business, could be a family member that you're trying to groom for, whatever that is, Mm -hmm. they want to uh, prepare the business. And so what we did was we developed what we call the FIN score. And the FIN score is basically 20 categories across those four goals. Where are you at with growth? Where are you at with the different drivers of profitability, the different drivers of cash flow? And so to your point, we're not coming at this from a CPA language who are going to get really in the technical jargon and in the weeds of, of, you know, things that may or may not really resonate with you. We're talking about, are you profitable? Yes or no. And why not to the level that you want to be? And so we're really getting at the heart of the matter and we're doing it in the kind of language that just as business owners, we speak with each other anyway. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're basically able to use that fin score to see where are you at when we start working together and where are we headed? Right. And now we know what your goal is. So let's say you tell us that your goal is more profitability. We're going to focus on that area, the FIN score. We do the entire 20 categories, the whole FIN score. Um, but we see what your score is and we, we hyper-focus on profitability. What are the drivers that are maybe lacking? And what, can we, what are the playbook items? So as I went down this, again, I said, this is not about being ultra-technical. I went through all of my favorite books uh, on the subject. There are best practices. Very, very little of this is truly custom to us. It is just the best practices have to be implemented on a day-to-day basis, and it's a feedback loop. So we need to see what's working and what's not, feed it right back into the FIN score and see if it's moving the needle, and then regroup and keep going. And as a business owner, that's not really what you want to spend your time doing. That's why Thin Elevate exists, is so that you've got a trusted partner who does that for you and that you're in that feedback loop of communication but it's really a set it and forget it. Once you've established the goal, you've sat down to look at the fin score, you understand the playbook, but it's not you having to do it all. And yet it's being worked on. So you're still focused on your, your sites that you're building. You're still focused on selling new clients. This part of your business so, really becomes. So you're doing it for them. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm, fo- I'm, inter- I'm, what really stood out there was the, the different goals a business owner has for you know somebody that's running a business and and how that impacts how they approach this like yep. like like I, th- I was thinking about like what do i care about i i kind of care about growth we just we're growing we've grown for the last five years uh consistently but it's not it hasn't it's not 100 percent my focus mm-hmm. like what is my focus like i think for me though I don't, one of the biggest things is cash flow i think that that's the, one of the most cornerstone things for me. Um, and, and maybe it's just the nature of my business. I have to I have to be really focused on that yep. because uh, there's a lot going on and I, and I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. And there's, but in, and, and how I build things in or think about things 
um, where there's retainers and things like that, that kind of even things out and give me a yep. good foundation and make it less volatile. Um, so those type of things that it is, so out of those, out of those items, like, um, what, what were the four things you said? Four so it's growth, growth is growth. number one, profitability is number two, cash flow is number three, and then exit the business. And, exit, and again, right, right. not ranking them in terms of someone's priority. Those are just the four options. Which, which one do you probably deal with the most? What do you think most business owners are more focused on? I would say the, the profitability. I mean, it's really, it's very situational. So we have one client in particular who, you know, came to us and said, Hey, ultimately, you know, I'd love to exit the business, hire someone to run it, et cetera, but I need to get more profitable. Well, for them in particular, profitability, believe it or not, is actually about growth, right? It's about scaling to a level where you actually have the, the you know, fixed costs in your business are very easily covered. And so if you're, you know, running an agency and you've got excess capacity, so your people are only working, you know, they only have 60% of their time consumed with clients, you're going to struggle to be profitable, right? Yeah, yeah. And so your options are you can either have less people or you can get more volume uh, it turned up. And so it's really, it's very situational, you know, different business owners right, but to right. the point having run a business that struggled very heavily with cash flow. I mean, cash is everything until it's not a problem anymore. Right. If, yeah. if it's even remotely a, a challenge, it is all consuming, wake you up in the middle of the night type of type of problem. Yeah. When there's blips, blips yeah. or something happens, it's like you, yeah. you, for me, it's usually I'm waking up an hour too earlier than I normally do. And I'm laying in bed in the morning thinking about it. Yeah. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, it's, um, but you know, most of the time we're in good shape luckily, but yeah. Um, well, and and, and it, you mentioned growth. I mean, growth brings cash problems, interestingly. And I think a lot of people don't yeah. necessarily think of it that way, but in reality, depending on the model that you have, the more you grow, the tighter your cash becomes. And so it's, it's, you know, kind of counterintuitive, but that is the reality. Now the cash eventually catches up, but the problem is it only really catches up if you plateau, if you continue yeah. growing, it continues lagging. And so it's just a, it's, it's that much more important that you have all the right behaviors, uh, around your cash. Yeah. I, well, I find it. So one of my, one of my challenges has been, um, so went for a couple of years, we were so solid because most of my stuff was retainers. Um, we did a lot of maintenance contracts and things like that. And we kept growing into, but then we started getting a different type of business, which was more um, uh, project-based and, and uh, or hourly and, and it was less predictable. And that really started to mess with me because yep. I had to actually, you know, because when we spike up and then I, I had to add people to my team and I had to really, you know, absorb all that. And then when, if that wanes though, now that now we're a little more top heavy with, you know, the retainers are still there. But now I have this other stuff that's more volatile and I have to be a little more flexible, figure out how to run my team in a different way. And those are those are the things that I think about the most. But I think what's also what I'm um, thinking about is like I have an exit plan, but it's in like 10, 20 years. I'm not even thinking about it right now. Yep. So imagine every business is kind of in a, you have different phases or maybe you're focused on profitability for a reason right now. But in a couple of years, maybe you're good maybe something else happens or maybe, you know, so I, I imagine people coming in and out of these or have goals, different goals, depending on the stage they're in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's something yeah. we revisit, you know, quarterly with our clients, make sure that we we're still going after the same goal to your point. You know, there's nothing worse than all the hard work going toward the wrong goal. Right. Yeah. Um, 
And so, right. yeah, yeah, it's definitely something that you want to revisit. And, you, and, and to your point, I mean, part of it's a, a season of life thing. It could be other, uh, you know, what's happening with other investments or outside influences. There's a lot of different reasons that, you know, yeah. you could change what that goal is. But yeah. Yeah. A lot of it, like for me, like for in terms of growth, like um, <laughs> I talked to somebody, I don't remember who, who it was. I'm like, this is like probably this past year, somebody on my podcast and he was really into, um, you know, quick growth, like, like want to get you from zero to a million dollars in next year. We can do it. I'm like, yep. no, <laughs> not for me. Not yeah. for me. Yeah. I'll do my 40 to 50% growth each year. We'll just grow, you know, slowly, you know, um, have more control of the ship. But I guess I wouldn't to complain if I got a million dollar contract tomorrow though. Yeah. We'll yeah. figure, figure it out. But yeah, no. So, um, fascinating great conversation I, I love um i love talking about this stuff because finance is so important um we all should be thinking about it more uh and getting help so you're so you're, so business is good so you how, how long have you been doing uh had the strategic uh, uh accounting business so how long originally have you been doing that? yeah originally this is something i just did for my own businesses for the past few years um just kind yeah. of centralize it so you know doing all of this for the different manufacturing companies and the the new door distribution company and then really it's this year we've started going uh out with yeah. clients and yeah and and really kind of going to market with it uh because again i realize there's such a need for it i mean i would yeah. I had a number of friends who said hey if you're ever willing to do this for somebody else like let me know um and they're clients now so that that's you know basically the beginning of this whole concept and i love exciting I mean, for me, yeah, part of the reason I left the conveyor business is no, no knock on the conveyor business. Uh, it was fine, but I love other entrepreneurs. I just love you know talking with entrepreneurs, hearing about their business. I mean, I'm I'm in strategic coach and and I've always done mastermind groups and and that sort of thing. And so that's always been a, a compelling thing to me is spend time with other entrepreneurs, hear about their business, you know, share war stories, share advice, uh, and and you know help them along that path. Um, so it, this is the the beauty of this business is that that's really what it's geared toward. Yeah, that's why I got this podcast. I love talking about yeah. business and yeah. talking, you know, sharing our war stories. Um, so is there a specific specific um, uh, you know niche vertical you're you're focused on? Not probably manufacturers uh, building conveyor yeah, belts. Yeah, not manufacturers. Uh, so primarily, <laughs> you know, digital uh, based businesses. So agencies uh, is a big one. We're also, you know, we're huge fans of EOS. And so we're kind of okay. um, figuring out how to make sure that we fit really well in with EOS-based businesses. Um, I'm just a huge believer that that framework uh, helps the average entrepreneur um, and and yeah. really helps, you know, helps with clarity amongst the team and, and communication. And so we want to make sure our business really fits in tightly uh like a hand in that glove uh in terms of giving them the measurables that they need you know communicating the financial side of the business in basic you know no nonsense terms that the whole team can understand nice yeah it's awesome yeah well it was great getting to know you and what you do and uh thanks for sharing your knowledge uh about accounting and and these ideas um i love the simplification thing um you know, it's it can be super overwhelming to any business owner, um, but especially if you don't have that background or care about numbers or aren't good with numbers. Yep. It's not good. That's your fate is sealed then, <laughs> yeah. unless you get help. Unless That's you get right. help. Unless you get help. So, so if somebody uh, 
wants to learn more about uh, what you do or get in contact with you or find you on the World Wide Web, maybe on some social media site like LinkedIn or something, are you out there? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. So we're on we're on LinkedIn. Uh, you can look up Finn Elevate, uh, all one word. And then our website is www.finnelevate.com. So, yeah. Nice. The ways. Well, thanks for joining us, Colin. Until next time. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. Take care. That's all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Again, please subscribe if you haven't already and give us a thumbs up if we deserve it. If you want to comment on this episode's page, provide me with requests on topics for future episodes or inquire about being a guest, please find your way to thebuilders.fm. You can contact me there or add a comment under these show notes. Now a word from our sponsor, my agency, Unified Web Design. We build custom websites, features, we maintain websites, we work with agencies to fulfill their web design and development needs, and more. If you're interested in our services or are looking for an agency to work with as a partner to build awesome sites for your clients, feel free to reach out to me at unifiedwebdesign.com. There's a handy contact me link at the top. Fill out that form and it will open a ticket and that ticket will find its way to me. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.